Well, we're in a series entitled God the Son. We're in first, not first John. We're in the first John, but it's not first John. So we're in John chapter one. So you can go ahead and turn there. We're going to camp out today on verse three. I thought I'd get a whoop or a woohoo or a... some of you know that I can make a whole message out of one verse. So you weren't all excited when I said that. A whole series out of one verse. Hey, let's try that someday, but not today. So, so we've been talking about uh, really kind of unpacking who God the Son is. Trying to, trying to help us understand a little bit more about Jesus. And last week we began with that God the Son was pre-existent. You know, one of the things that we have to be careful about as we head into uh, the Christmas season and, and we begin to focus on this, this baby Jesus um, I've never seen the movie, but I always think of Talladega Nights whenever I hear, say baby Jesus. Never seen it. I, Billy Bobby Joe or whatever that dude's name was. Always prayed to baby Jesus. We need to be careful that we don't think of Jesus as created. Because he's pre-existent. Jesus is God. He's God the Son. And so we talked about that uh, last week. We, we talked about how Jesus has always existed. That he is God. He's in the Godhead. And so we want to make sure that, that we understand that. We want to make sure that, that we get Jesus as God. He's God the Son. And, and whenever, whenever he was born, that, that that's not like when he first came on the scene. Does that make sense to you? That's what we talked about last week. Today I want us to, to shift our focus just a little bit. And I want us to talk about God the Son as Creator. Now, now I know if you're like me, um, I, I met the Lord at 15, started reading the Bible at 15, and, and began to, to, to kind of unpack some of that. And, and, and I knew, you know, so we've got God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And, and so, so, you know, that Jesus, Creator, yeah, yeah, because He's part of the Trinity and all that. But I want us to dig a little bit more uh, the, the disciple, the apostle John, really helps us to understand what it means as Jesus as the creator. So John chapter 1, verse 3, he says, All things were made through him, that is the word, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, I love John because he like reiterates that for slow people like me. All things were made through him. So all things were created through him. All things through him came into being. All that is packed within that word made. It's agenita, right? That, that makes a, a agenami I, I actually is the, the word. So, so, it, it, so at one point, there were no created things. You guys understand that? Now I know we're not going to get into a debate as how old dirt is. Some of you would say that somebody's as old as dirt and we don't even want to go there. All things, there was a point when there was no created thing. You don't think that deep, do you? There was a point where there was nothing here that was created. Just God, the Father, the Son, and Spirit. And at this point in John chapter 1, verse 3, whenever the first created thing happened, it was through God the Son. Does that make sense to you? 
I know some of you are going, yeah, but that's still God. John makes a distinction. I try not to make a distinction where the Bible doesn't. But John makes a distinction. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But there's still a distinction between the Word and God. All things were created through Him. We need to understand that God the Son is Creator. And some of you are going, wait a minute, wait, wait. Now, you've told us never to build one big theology off of one verse, right? Uh, we want to be careful doing that, uh, particularly when it's obscure. This is not an obscure verse, by the way. This one's pretty clear. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. This is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul really expounds on this and helps us understand a little bit more. He says, he is the image of the invisible God. This is also a, kind of a reiteration of what we see in Hebrews, that Jesus is the exact representation of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, not that Jesus wasn't and then was, because we've already covered that. This is he's first among all creation. And then he tells us why, verse 16, for by him all things were created. The reason that Jesus is first among all creation, he's preeminent among all creation, is because all things were created through him. And he's first. And then he says here, in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, and then, again, for slow people like me, all things were created through him, by him, and for him. Does that make sense to you? Let's pray for Mark real quick. I know everybody's doing that. <laughs> um, Father, we just want to pray uh, for Mark. Just ask that you just uh, put your healing hand uh, upon him. Thank you, Lord, that you care uh, about everything that happens uh, in, in our hearts and lives. And, and so, God, I just pray that, uh, Lord, you just bring healing to him and just watch over and protect him, especially during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're not ignoring you, brother. We're just trying not to call a lot of attention to you. That's over now, right? So, Jesus is God the Son, Creator. Now, I, I, I know, I, I don't want to make a big deal where, where Scripture doesn't, but it seems like Scripture's making a big deal out of this. So, I would put it a little bit differently, and I've said it this way before, that God the Son is the, is the creative agent in the Trinity. Now, think about that. Because in the beginning, God... I know we read that, and we, we immediately think of God the Father. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's God the Son created the heavens and the earth. Got real quiet. Some of you are thinking about that. Hmm. How do you know, Pastor Larry? I know that's what you're asking. Because Paul says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. In verse 17, this verse that many of us have memorized. And he is before all things. So that that has two, two aspects of it. He has existed before all things because he's not created. And this is all talking about Jesus, by the way. Not God the Father, but God the Son, Jesus And by him, all things hold together. 
So he existed before everything, and he's first because he created everything. That is Jesus, God the Son. And in him, all things, I think in the uh, New American Standard, it might say consist. <laughs> so so, so get, get a little bit of a handle on this baby Jesus, that he's creator God. God the Son is creator now, if, if Jesus being born, if God somehow becoming flesh, we'll talk about that more on Christmas Eve, if God somehow becoming flesh doesn't blow your mind enough, we need to realize that Creator God became creation, became flesh. Now, that falls into the category of I know it, I believe it, and I don't understand it. (laughs) I can't comprehend that. That's okay, we've had electricians here, and they do stuff that I can't comprehend either. I know that if you stick your finger in there, it hurts. And it has something to do with electrons. But I don't comprehend that, and I'm okay with that. Second thing is, so he is... He is creator. He created everything. John 1, the first part of verse 3 says, all things were made through him. And that ought to be clear enough for us, right? So he created everything. Now, we're going to dig this out just a little bit more in a moment. But he created everything. Everything. So the second part of that is, because we're slow. I'm slow. Anybody in here? I need to hear things a couple of times. That's why whenever I tell my kids something, they're like, Dad, you told me that before. I'm like, I think you need to hear it a lot more than once. Um, and, and you get to be my age, and I've actually been this for a while, that I can watch the same movie over and over. And I, when it happens, I remember, but I don't remember what's going to happen next. So we need to hear things more than once. He says, so all things were created through him, the first part of verse 3. The second part of verse 3 says, without him was not anything made that was made. Does that make it clear enough? Nothing was created without him. And and, and actually, I I like, I, I, I picked into the Greek just a little bit. You know what nothing means there? No thing. I know that's deep. There was no thing made without him. Everything was made through Him. Jesus, God the Son, is Creator God. I don't mean in some removed kind of way, yeah, yeah, because He's part of the Godhead. No, no. In the beginning, God the Son created the heavens and the earth. Now, I know some of you are going, I don't know. I'm not like pulling this out of thin air. John 1, 3 in Colossians 1, 15 through 17, Jesus is creator. He created everything. Without him, nothing would have been created. Okay, well, maybe I get a little bit more excited about this than you. So, so let's, let's pick that out just a little bit. So, so let's, let's go now into Jesus' ministry, his life and ministry. Some of you will never read the gospel's the same again, which is cool. Jesus is in the boat. He's tired. He's asleep. And there's a storm. And, and 
I've seen lots of pictures of what this boat might have looked like, and they all look a little bit different. It, it wasn't a. My dad used to have a little aluminum boat that he used to go fishing in. We caught like a 50-pound catfish, nearly turned the boat over. It was fun, though. My mom, I, I don't have to make stuff up. If she was here, she would tell you. She straddled that thing, sat on it, put her hands in its mouth, and rode that thing in the back of the truck on the way home. Nearly turned that boat over. That was a little boat. Three of us in that boat was a lot. And then you had that big fish, and that was too much. So there had to have been a sizable boat. And they were afraid that the, the weather was so bad on the Sea of Galilee because of the storm, they were afraid that it was going to sink. And so, you, you got to love it. This is, this is funny. They, they go over to Jesus and they wake him up and say, don't you care that we're about to die? <laughs> you know? I think they forgot who they were talking to. And the creator of everything that is stood up and he told the winds to stop and the waves to be calm and they obeyed because their creator was talking to them. Blows my mind. Then you go to the healing of the man that was born blind. One of my favorite stories. I have lots, so you guys know that, in the Bible. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. There's a guy who was born blind, right? Never had seen and Jesus is walking by, and the disciples say, Hey, Jesus, uh, wait, 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 we've got this question. We, we, we think about deep things a lot. So this guy was born blind. So who sinned, him or his parents? And, and I just, I love Scripture. I, I, I put myself there. I can, I can see this poor guy sitting down going, Hello, I'm blind, I'm not deaf. <laughs> I hear you. And Jesus says, no, no, you, you got it all wrong. You see, this is so that God can get glory. And then Jesus spat in the dirt. He made some mud. He put the mud in the guy's eyes, told him to go wash his eyes and he could see. Now, I don't want to read too much into this, but if you remember who Jesus is, the creator of the universe made the guy some new eyes. In the beginning, when he made Adam, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. Nothing for the creator of the universe to make the guy some eyeballs. I know what you're thinking, but it's, he's the creator. And then what about the man that was born lame? He was born that way. And, and we say a lot of times, you know, why, if God loves us, why would he allow these things to happen? I mean, this guy, he didn't do anything. He, he was born not able to walk. Jesus healed him and, and and everybody's blown away by stuff like that because nobody who was born blind has ever been able to see up until then nobody who was born lame has been able to walk but the creator of the universe who made everything that is i don't know in that case that he made him new legs but he fixed them and then you go to the, the, the feeding of the, you've got two of them, 5,000 and 4,000 with the loaves and fishes. And, and how fun would it have been, um, uh, the deacons can, can relate to this just, just, uh, just a little bit, how fun would it have been, there's, they say 3,000, or there was 5,000 men, probably closer to 15,000 people altogether. How fun would it have been to be one of the 12 and this guy's little kid's got a few loaves and a few fishes, and he, he divides it up. Jesus divides it up among 12 baskets. Great. 
I've got eight crumbs and three scales, you know? And he says, you go feed them. <laughs> and they're, they're walking along. I, I just love, I, I, this is cool. I don't have to step down off a stage yet. In a couple of weeks, it'll be different. But, but, but can you imagine one of the disciples and you're like, here, you know? And it goes down that road. I don't, I don't know what it's like for to feed 15,000 people? Can you imagine? You're only 12. Get back. They hand the basket back down. I don't know if they collected it. That way, and you look, you're like, there's still some food in there. Here. I and mean, that's what I would be doing. I'd be like, I'm getting ready to run. When this runs out, I'm out of here. Imagine after they passed it row by row a few times, they were like, oh, no, no, here, take more. Take more. And, and that blew the people away. Food was a lot bigger then. They, they just lived from meal to meal. They Just a subsistence kind of living. and we, we can't really relate to that. But can you imagine their astonishment? 15,000. And they didn't get a bite. Guys, this is Thanksgiving dinner, okay? They ate until their ribs hurt. <laughs> and then they had dessert. I don't know what they had for dessert. They were full. They ate and they were full. And there was 12 baskets, full baskets left over. And it blows, it blows us away to, to read stuff like that. But if you remember, this is God the Creator. <laughs> Listen, it's nothing for Him to create some more loaves, to create some more fishes. And then the one um, probably that was among the most notable of the miracles, was raising Lazarus from the dead. Mary and Martha. I, one thing I love about the Bible, it doesn't really sugarcoat, it doesn't pretty up stuff for you. Jesus hears that his, his good friend, Lazarus, not an acquaintance, but they, were, they weren't the part of the three inner circle, but they were close friends, and Mary and Martha and Lazarus were big supporters, encouragers in Jesus' ministry. Lazarus is sick. Come, hurry. And, and the disciples heard Jesus get this news, and then Jesus waited. When Jesus gets there, he's already dead. In fact, they got word along the way, he's already dead. Oh, no, you know, no rush now. And Jesus gets there, and Martha runs up and says, Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. So Jesus wept, cried for his, I think he cried for Mary and Martha, but for his friend. And the Bible is just so much fun. So, so picture this. Jesus says, take me to where he's, where he's laying. They take him to the tomb. He says, roll the stone away. And this is where the King James is way more fun than any other translation could be. But Lord, he's been dead for four days. By now he stinketh. <laughs> and Jesus calls him forth and he comes forth still in his, in his grave cloths, you know, wrapped up. He goes, unwrap him. And by the way, he's probably going to need something to eat. Blew people away. But remember who that was. 
That was God the Son, the creator of everything he is. Now, now listen, when you understand that and you go back and read, and God, that is God the creator, formed man out of the dust of the earth, and then he breathed the breath of life into him. You see, that's the one who called Lazarus forth from the grave. Some, some of you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, but what does that have to do with us? Well, first of all, you, you can't go wrong understanding who God is from his word. We need to understand that Jesus, God the Son, is creator God. But, but here's the thing that just blows my mind, and I keep jumping ahead in the Christmas story. We know how it ends, right? So I'm not going to ruin the ending for you. Like, he's born, you know, the word becomes flesh. All right. It blows my mind that Creator God, the Creator of all the universe, this is God the Son, loves us so much that He became flesh to pursue a relationship with you and me. Again, skipping ahead in the story, the Creator came to His creation and they didn't accept Him. They didn't receive Him. But He came for us. The God of all creation wants a relationship with you. And if that weren't enough, He pursues a relationship with you. Enough that in this way that I don't think I'll fully understand, at least not this side of heaven, that the pre-existent God of all creation became flesh, not giving up any of his deity, fully God, yet fully man, to walk among us, to reveal the glory of God to us. So Hebrews says, he is the exact representation of God to us. Why, why did Jesus come on the earth? He came to show us the Father. He said that a lot. Pursuing us in relationship. Would you? Respond to the creator of the universe today. The one who pursues relationship with you. Let's pray. God, you, you amaze us always. To think that Jesus, your son, is the creator of everything that is. That, that everything was created through him, by him, and for him. And, and without him, nothing was created that's been created. And yet, Jesus, you pursue relationship with us. And I can't help but think of you as creator in relationship to me that you create within me a new heart. You create within me a new mind. And I'll never forget that Wednesday, July 14th, 1982, as I walked outside in Sulphur Springs, Texas. And I saw the sky like I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen that color blue before. And the trees were more green than I could remember, and the grass was more green than I could remember. And you spoke to my heart, and you said, Larry, not only have I given you a new heart and a new mind, but I've given you new eyes to see with. Jesus, I can't help but think that you want to recreate in us that, 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 that throughout 
our walk here on this earth, that, that you want to create within us a new heart. You want to renew our minds. You, you redeem us. You bring us back to the place of creation that you want us to be. So, God, I ask that you would do that in our hearts today. Maybe there's an area of our lives that, that you just need to touch. Maybe you just need to heal. Maybe you just need to recreate in us. We ask that you would do that this morning. As you pursue relationship with us, God, I, I, I just pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to step closer to you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the way that you demonstrate it. Jesus, it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. This morning I wonder, I wonder if there's a, there's a part of your heart and life that you just, you just need him to touch. Maybe it's a physical thing. Um, listen, <laughs> um, I know we're all Southern Baptists, but you, you do know God still performs miracles, right? Yes. Can, can God create new eyes for someone who, who can't see? Yes. Can, can God create or, or, or recreate legs for someone who can't walk? Yes. Can God take care of a physical ailment that we have? Yes. Now, we don't get to dictate to God what He does, but we can ask Him, and He can do it. And maybe, maybe for you this morning, it's just maybe it's a physical thing. You just need to say, God, I just need you to touch that. Lord, I just, I just need you to heal. Maybe, maybe it's a heart thing. And, and maybe it's one of those things that God's just been, been working on just a, a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here, and Satan just keeps attacking in that one area, and you just need to say, God, I just need you to take care of that. I, just, I need healing in this part of my heart, and I just need you to do that. Maybe, maybe it's a, an emotional thing or a spiritual thing. And, and you just this morning just need to say, God, I just need a touch from you. Can I encourage you to do this? Can I encourage you to go to the creator of everything that is? The one who demonstrated his love for you. <laughs> By becoming or coming into His creation. And, and just ask Him. And just trust that He loves you. And that He moves and works today, just like He always has. As we enter a time of, of invitation and response, um, I, I invite you, it, if you just need, if you just need God to touch you, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever it is, just, just come and kneel and pray. Uh, and just ask Him. You can do it where you are. But, but if you do it where you are, I'd encourage you to ask the person next to you to pray. <laughs> if you'll come down here, then, then I'll just ask anybody else who feels led, for anyone who comes, would you just come and lay your hand on them and just pray? Uh, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples just by the way you love on one another. Can we just love on one another a little bit this morning? Yeah. Let's stand and, and you respond as we sing. And if you, you want to come down,